Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Hey, this is John Gillespie with Waters and Woods TV. Welcome to another hour of Living the Outdoors with Mark Druick here on The Score. From the Fast Sign Studios, more than fast, more than signs. It's Living the Outdoors with Mark Druick, presented by Fleet Farm. Be part of the show by calling 281-1570 or 866-653-1570. Now, here's your host, Mark Druick. Greetings and welcome to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show here on The Score. I'm your host, Mark Druick. Thanks for joining us tonight. I am in the studio with my producer, Alex, and we are going to just get involved in some conversation. We're going to open up uh, the phone lines, and I've got a couple things that I want to get some some listener reaction to. And uh, But yeah, if you want to chime in at any point in time, it's 281-1570 or 866-653-1570. I'd love to hear from you. You can also email me at livingtheoutdoorswi at gmail.com, and you can follow me. On Instagram, it's Outdoors Living The. So here we are, uh, early June, another kind of cloudy, ugly day. It seems like we get one day and then it rains for two and then you get a nice day and so on. But anyway, um, welcome to the show. Alex, how's it going? Good, Mark. How are you doing on this, uh, well, like you said, dreary day? Yeah, you know, it, it it's difficult. I, I take a walk every day and I still got out and and walked in the rain. And um, can't say that I care much for that. It's not really warm outside, but uh, you know, sometimes you weather should not create a barrier to keep you from doing what you like to do. Uh, I actually don't mind the the temperature right now. The te- it's it's a little cool, and uh, hopefully this weekend it uh, it does warm up a little bit. But I commend your commitment to walking in the rain because I don't know if I have that mental fortitude that you have. Well, you know, sometimes. You know, when you're when you you like the outdoors, you can't just pick all the nice days to go True. out and hunt. And sometimes the nice days are not so good days to hunt. So, um, you know, I've walked in the rain, I've walked in the snow, I've snowshoed. Uh, you know, walked in in sub zero temperatures, and you know, bless my uh, wife's heart, she does the same thing. She struggles through it. But sometimes, you know, going for a walk or doing some exercise, even though you've worked all day long, can really um, make a difference in, in how you feel. And, you know, you might be a little stiff or it might be a little mm-hmm. difficult, but you still do it. In some outdoor activities too, it's, it's best if it's raining, like fishing, some types of fish, they, they bite a little bit more when it is, uh, raining outside. So sometimes the rain can, uh, can be a good thing for, uh, uh, for outdoor sports as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, like duck hunting is no, it's good on nice, warm, sunny yep. days. It's better if it's a little windy and a little rainy, uh, deer hunting, you want it a little bit colder. Exactly. Uh, I, I love to uh, grouse hunt when it's a, you know, a, a sunny day, but not real warm. And, uh, you know, it, it's the weather, you know, it is what it is. You just have to make your adjustments on it. I, I'll tell you one thing, though, as I get a little bit older, I don't, uh, I don't want to get wet, even though I've got some great um, clothing that will keep me dry. I do not like being wet because it seems like once you get wet <laughs> it's you're not you're not unwet no you get you get a chill in your body yep. and you're just uh um, it just takes forever all your gear is uh is wet and it takes time to dry it out your feet get cold maybe i'm just becoming a little bit more of a sissy when as i get older, <laughs> I, I think but, you're becoming smart as what you're becoming well you know i well thank you i appreciate that um you yeah you know how miserable it can be if you're soaking wet and it's cold. You're being smarter. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, but hey, um, the congratulations is in order for you. I understand you guys got some recognition on one of your uh, on your uh, fantasy football show. Yes, yes. Uh, Thursdays here uh, from three to four uh, during the NFL football season, the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show. We were fortunate enough to 
win first place for the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association for media markets uh, across the state of Wisconsin. So uh, Leo Kuyper Jr., Eric Balky Balkman, and myself, Alex Thomas, we took uh, we took home the gold, if you will. So appreciate that, Mark. It'll yeah. be back this uh, uh, this September, which is coming closer than we think, actually. Oh, you know, that's really cool that, uh, um, you know, the recognition that goes along with with something like that it kind of validates what you do and what you love and uh it's that's really cool that uh that that happens and and it's uh you know it's a tribute to you guys because you guys love what you do oh absolutely and you guys are, are, are funny as hell <laughs> you know and it sounds like you're having a good time kind of like the way i am with you know i like being here and i enjoy being here and i love sharing my um passion for the outdoors and hopefully um getting some people educated as well absolutely yep for sure well listen you know what um I was fortunate enough to to line up somebody to to kind of give us a heads up uh, fishing report and give us a an overall uh, view of what's going on here. And I've got Nick from the Real Shot on the line. Nick, how you doing? Good. What's up, Mark? Good. Hey, listen, man. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for taking the time to to join me here on the show. And you know, obviously, with the uh, you know the Real Shot being a you know, big fishing store and you being one of the fishing specialists there you kind of get a chance to talk to some of the customers and stuff like that. And I know you do a lot of fishing yourself whenever you get the opportunity from, you know, a standpoint, I know you're a big great lakes guy and you're, you're passionate about that. Have you heard any good things about what's going out on Lake Michigan right now? Sure. Actually, actually it was good for a while. Um, a bunch of coho showed up and then the fish started moving North, but this wacky weather, I mean, it, uh, it turned a lot of the kings off a little bit, and uh, we're still waiting for some warm, warm water to, to kind of heat 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 things up some more. Sure. So, uh, I mean, uh, there's still plenty of coho's, rainbows, and a bunch of lake trout out there, but uh, still waiting on some warm weather for the kings. Yeah, <clears throat> perfect. Now, are guys having success from shore, or most of these guys? I know you set people up with with rods and reels and and steel copper wire line and all that kind of stuff are you also getting uh, some good reports from guys maybe fishing off the breakwaters i mean there's a few guys there's some there's still a few uh steelhead around uh around the pierheads and even there's there's still reports of people getting them in the rivers then too i mean the water it's been 50 degrees every night yeah. and the water's still cool down in the in the rivers so perfect and now with along these... with along with uh, a bunch of pike and smallmouth too are pretty active in those rivers and spearheads too excellent and when you know when these fish kind of migrate north like the cohos and you hear port you know reports from like milwaukee and then port washington and then the sheboygan kiwani how far do these fish actually travel up will they tra travel as far as door county or do they kind of stop in this area right here well they they hit about sheboygan and then they kind of spread so and then uh they they follow the current still about sheboygan and then uh, they just follow and disperse the bait until it's time to uh, time to go back into the river and spawn and do their thing. Excellent, excellent. And you know, what are you setting guys up with? I mean, are are they? Um, you know, obviously they're doing a lot of trolling and stuff out there. Are guys looking for certain colors, certain certain baits that that are working? I know they got meat rigs and and there's flies and plugs and uh, what what are some of yeah, the more popular? Definitely. Right now, it's it's primarily flies and coho rigs because there's a bunch of cohos around. So it's just a just a coho dodger with a peanut fly on the back and a eight inch flasher with a four inch fly on the back for kings and cohos both. But uh, the meat's been working pretty good. Um, flasher flies been working pretty good, and uh, I mean it's, I hear a few spoon bites, but that's primarily a flasher fly and coho coho dodger peanut Excellent. fly bite. Very cool, very cool. And does the does the fishing get better uh, as the summer progresses? Yeah, yeah, it'll peak. It usually peaks like mid June to uh, mid mid July, and then and then it tapers down again. But this is a weird year. <laughs> I mean, it's, we got cold water everywhere, and usually by now there's fish in Sheboygan, Manitowoc, two rivers. And they're catching fish, but it's it's a it's a slow, weird year. Yeah, most definitely. Well, let's change gears a little bit here, Nick. I know you are a big bass fishing guy. I know you've had a chance to get out and and fish a little bit. How's the how's the bass fishing progressing so far this year? 
you know, it, it has been tough, too, with this inconsistent weather. I mean, they want to spawn, they don't want to spawn, they want to spawn, they don't want to spawn, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, been, it's been different. You definitely got to work for them. Um, most of the fish should be post-spawn now and putting on a feed, feeding frenzy, but uh, we need some warmer, warmer temps to get them their uh, metabolism up and ready to feed some more. Excellent. And, you know, what, what are going to be some of the, uh, some of the baits that our guys are looking for? I heard of some guys uh, talking about top water, um, two baits. What are some of those effective baits that uh, you're going to set guys up with this time of year? Sure. Yeah. I mean, bass in the morning when it's glass out, uh, top water baits are great. Uh, buzz baits, walking baits. Um, but then it, with smallmouth on, um, starting to feed on the, on the reefs and rocks, the tubes are, tubes and net rigs are going to be great here coming up soon. And when you talk about Ned rigs, I mean, maybe some people don't know what that is. What kind of a, you know, I know there's wacky style and there's Ned rigs. Maybe you could just take a second and kind of describe to the listeners what, uh, what kind of rigs and how those work. Sure. Yeah. A Ned rig is just basically a mushroom head. Uh, with like a two-watt hook on it with just a two-and-three-quarter to three-inch plastic, straight plastic on. Okay. So it's a traditional Ned rig, but there's there's a bunch of people putting craws and all sorts of creatures on uh, Neds that are doing really good, too. And it's, uh, you know, if you take a look at what the selection is of, of bass baits that out there, it's almost overwhelming. Um, what yeah, should... It's mind-boggling. It is. I mean, I, I see what's what's out there um, on a daily basis, and it's like, how do you even pick a color? How do you pick a style? You know, there there's creatures. There's there's uh, just regular worms. There's, um, you know, you you name it. There's just crawfish, frogs, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, how do you how how does a guy gauge what colors they're going to use? Is it going to be based on water clarity? Um, what's your take on that? Yep, uh, I mean the golden rule is match the hatch. That's it. Okay. And then, uh, and, I mean, and then depending on the water clarity, you're gonna you're gonna want either a dark or a lighter bait, just to get the if it's it's really stained water, then you want a dark as possible possible because it's gonna cast a big shadow and they're gonna pick it up harder. So. Excellent. What's a guy gonna want to use for? You know, he comes into to to the real shot, Nick, and he says, "Hey, you know, I want to start bass fishing." I want to fish, you know, a lot of plastics. What kind of a setup are you going to get him, uh, you know, what are you going to put him into? Well, uh, there's lots of bass uh, techniques out there. Um, if he's just getting into it, um, I'm probably just going to give him a 7-foot medium with, uh, with, some, with a spinning rod, and I'm going to set him up with some plastics for wacky style and Texas rigs. Some just basic just to get started. And that's going to be with a five-inch Senko, um, some worm hooks, and then some wacky, wacky hooks with some wacky rings, and uh, just go to town and tell them to skip docks and hang around the weed edges. Sure, sure. Especially coming up on the in the summer months, they're going to be out under those docks, seeking seeking shade and on the weed edges, feeding on bluegills. So, now is that bass fishing going to get better? Um, as the summer progresses, are you going to have to change? You know, obviously we're going to have you got lily pads coming up, you know, kind of weed edges and stuff like that. And you just mentioned, you know, hitting docks and platforms and stuff like that. But does that bite get a little bit better as the summer goes on, or is it uh, kind of taper off? No, it, it, it'll get way better, especially with the warmer warmer temps coming, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully someday. <laughs> hopefully someday. Um, but, yeah, the the warmer the water gets, the higher the metabolism is on a fish, and they, the more they have to eat. Mm-hmm. So, Keep, I mean, with warmer temps, they're they're going to have to eat more, and the, it's just going to get better. Sure. Well, that sounds that sounds awesome. And when it comes to you know, like you, you said, you can get people set up and and all that stuff, and in with rods, reels, line, and all that. Um, and even for Lake Michigan, I mean, that's your specialty and, and people know who you are and they, they want you to set up their stuff. So if there's listeners that are out there, they just can come in there and you can get them set up with all their trolling stuff as well. Right. Yeah. I can do anything from four pound mono and panfish to 300 coppers, wires, salmon. I mean, I can 
do it all on the spool machine. And when you're when you're talking about monofilament and fluorocarbon, I know there's some some listeners out there that may not know what the difference is between the two and and what works better. Um, can you kind of explain that a little bit and say, you know, what are some of the, the benefits of, of fluorocarbon as opposed to mono? Sure, yeah. Monofilament floats. It's a little cloudier. Um, so if you're going to bobber fish, primarily you want monofilament or a braid because braid floats to, to, to a liter. Um, fluorocarbon sinks, and it's a little bit more abrasion resistant. It's more dense, so it's going to be a great liter material. Okay. So. Some some very distinct advantages uh, to the both. I mean, I, I have never fished with fluorocarbon, so maybe I've got to give that a try. I've got braid and I've got mono, and and that seems to work really well. But do do are guys using that fluorocarbon a lot for leaders as well, Nick? Oh yeah, yeah. Fluorocarbon is basically primarily a leader material, but you can use it for like jerk baits and um, stream fishing for like trout and stuff like that. It's, it's crystal clear. You can't fish can't see it. So okay. It's really low pro. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, well, Nick, listen, man, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to join me here on Living the Outdoors. Always, always great to, to talk with you. And, uh, um, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Take care, Nick. All right. Nick Schneider went from the real shot, taking a couple of moments out of his day to join us here on, on Living the Outdoors. And uh, I certainly do appreciate that. And hopefully, um, as the summer progresses, I've reached out to a lot of my contacts to get some reports from around the around the state. Hopefully, we can get you some from up in the Manaqua area, some from up in the Door County area, and then some from the Shawano Lake area. So um, I've got all my feelers out and waiting for some people to get back to me so I can give you give you a heads up on what's going on throughout the state. It's so. pretty crazy how different uh, different each lake is just so different when it comes to fishing. It's not like a universal uh, uh, type of type of fish or t- type of way you need to fish. It's completely different depending on the lake. I think that's really fascinating. It is, and you know, I mean, I was just a I was a huge fishing guy when I was younger. I'd love to fish, you know, and and you know, put some food on the table and absolutely, and just bluegills and crappies, and occasionally, if we caught a bass, that was the that was the big deal. You know, <laughs> uh, caught northerns and and some walleyes, but you know now it is it is a bona fide art form. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at you know, like here locally, we've got the head to head competition that's going on on Lake Winnebago mm-hmm. right now, um, right out of fixed productions here in the in the valley. And you take a look at, you know, a lot of these good local anglers and how they take, you know, they look at the conditions and like today was rainy and windy and, you know, they still can find the fish. And, you know, the key to it, I think, is electronics. Yeah, I was going to say technology has advanced so much that it makes it, it sure makes it a lot easier. It it does. And it makes it, you, you can't fish competitively now without having, you know, the good electronics. And we talked about that um last week and you know that you have to have that that edge but Mm -hmm. fishing is a whole different thing now than than i ever knew and now i'm i fish off my dock i go up north and jump in the boat and and go play around a little bit but i'm not real serious about it guys like nick are yeah they they love they live to fish and they love to fish and and nick is um he isn't we're fortunate that, that we've got a guy in this area that understands Lake Michigan because we're a ways from Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he, he knows how to set people up and he knows how to get um, rigs set up and knows what the what they're biting on. He's got a good pulse on that. And, and he loves to bass fish as well. And that's kind of the cool thing. Guys have specialties of what they like, whether it's musky fishing, trout fishing, walleye fishing. And, um, you know, my recommendation is always get hooked up with somebody. Yep. You know, somebody get get as much information as you can. Most fishermen are willing to teach you, but they're they're not going to show you all their sure. secret spots. Which but, is fair. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's. I think that's how all of us get an opportunity to learn is by, you know, associating ourselves with people who are passionate about. It. Now, do you like to fish? I actually do like to fish. I haven't fished in a really long time, but when I did fish when I was younger, I, uh, I absolutely loved it. I really did. My uh, my dad, he was up to Canada each year, and the restrictions are a little a little bit more rigid up there, so mm-hmm. getting up there is a little bit more difficult than what it has been in the past, but that's one of those trips that I personally have not made, but he made it for 
40 plus years in a row unfortunately because of COVID he wasn't able to continue that streak in 2020 but he was able to get out there last year and he or not actually he had to skip two years so he's going out there uh later in July but it's one of those sports that I would I'd I'd love to get into and what I think once I actually get into it then I'm probably going to be hooked no pun intended yeah it it it's one of those things that you know if you if you really like it and it brings you um, joy and happiness and it and it it's the camaraderie it's, too yeah you and go it, with a bunch of guys and and, right. you, and you meet people and things like that yeah it's there's something to be said for that um you know growing up i was fortunate i had uh, a lot of friends that were outdoor guys and we used to travel up to the boundary waters mm. you know every memorial day week and it was uh it was more about <clears throat> getting together having fun paddling up into mm-hmm. into the wilderness and and doing some fishing but you know, sitting around the campfire telling bad jokes and, um, you know, just... Having a couple cold ones, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is when you go into the Boundary Waters, my friends owned a cabin that was on the on the public side, but once you go in there, everything that you take in has to be, um, you have to either, you have to be able to burn it. No, no glass. Oh, really? Or, Interesting. Mm-hmm, okay. Yep. Everything had to be in plastic. And so uh, it, it created, you know, not that we didn't come up with creative ways to take <laughs> some adult beverages with us, but um, it was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, just the, the wilderness aspect of it and being in places that have been untouched for, uh, for just, you know, hundreds of years is, is a pretty cool thing. But all right, well, listen, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll have more of Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. Welcome back to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. I'm your host, Mark Druick. Glad to have you along for the ride tonight. And, uh, you know, with lawn mowing season like in full swing and with all this rain and sunshine, uh, the lawns are thick and green and lush. And, um, you know, a lot of you know I'm in the customer service business and I do business with my friends out at Evergreen Power um, they just do an excellent job and they have set me up with all of my lawn care needs and they have a huge selection of Toro walk behind and commercial mowers, or if you like the big zero turn mowers, uh, they have those as well. Evergreen power also has all your lawn care equipment, like trimmers, leaf blowers, chainsaws, generators. They have all the name brands such as Toro, Simplicity, Xmark, Husqvarna, and of course my favorite, the Ego battery powered equipment. Evergreen power has a money-back guarantee. If you're not happy with your purchase, they will buy it back or replace it. Financing is also available along with pickup and delivery. For the best sales and service in town, visit my friends Greg and Ryan at Evergreen Power, located on Highway N in Little Chute, right across from Simon's Cheese. Evergreen Power, your Fox City's Toro headquarters. You can count on them. So, Alex. Yes, I am here. You know, you've, you've been producing my show now for how long? How long has your show, did you start in 2010? Is that 2010. One? 2010. So I think I started about 20, it was before the pandemic, I know that. Yeah. I think maybe 2018. So I want to say it's like four. I think it's four years. Four years. I think it's been four years. I think 2018 is when I started producing the show, yeah. You know, and, and let me ask you this. Yes. <clears throat> you're, you're obviously outstanding at what you do. Oh, thank and you. And you do a great job you're, with the show. You're too How, kind. No. Okay, well, I'll say something bad then. Um, how, did, how did you pick to do something like this? Because I was asked to do this. I had absolutely no experience yeah. being a talk show host. I knew uh, enough about the outdoors, I guess, to, um, to you know, make somebody mm-hmm. be interested in me. But you know, from your perspective, what was it? Was this something? Did you go to school for this? I did, yes. So okay. I went to University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, University or UWO, UWO in Oshkosh. Uh, for, I was a radio TV film major with a uh, communication studies minor. And uh, uh, my dad, my dad kind of asked me when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, he's like, well, you're, you're getting to be a sophomore, junior in high school. You got to start getting ready for what you, um, what, what you want to do, where you want to go for school, what you maybe want to major in and things like that. And, um, he was, uh, I believe he was a business or f- he was business or finance uh, major. So I knew I didn't want to go into that subsector just because 
that, that wasn't really my forte. And I've always been pretty good at talking to people. And yeah. uh, I've had a, yeah. a strong passion for sports. And I, I told him, like, I want to go, I want to do something in the sports realm, whether it's uh, talking about sports, whether it's working in sports, I want to go al- along that route. And uh, I, I knew that UWO had a great communications program and a great RTF program, radio, TV, film program. And uh, a lot of people in this building actually were former participants of said program. So oh, really? it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see the amount of uh, uh, former RTFers in this uh, in this uh, in this building. So uh, got through UW, got through UWO, and then I started working here at the score as an intern in twenty. Uh, it's 2015, 2014 oh or 15 is when I started as an intern and, uh, just working high school football games and giving some reports, uh, out live at games and stuff like that. Very astute and professional, uh, looking back at it. I wish I would have done things a little bit differently back then mm-hmm. and been more of myself instead of a reporter. But, uh, and then I started working here part time and, uh, I kind of got the, um, the, the itch to do this, just being a kid and watching all the, the great play-by-play guys. You, you, you talk about like Kevin Harlan, you talk about Vern Lundquist, you talk about a lot of these guys that kind of help shake, uh, shape what I potentially wanted to be. And uh, I started, I tried to do play-by-play and it just wasn't for me. So sure. I wanted to do, once I, a show that I loved gro- growing up was Mike and Mike on ESPN. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. Uh, they, they were very personable and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to work on a, on a radio talk show and I, I will do whatever it takes to, uh, to get on, uh, to, to get on that level and, and do what I have to do. And I'm not there yet and nowhere near close to that level, but I'm, I'm in the industry that I wanted to do. And sometimes it's all about who, you know, and, and just the timing of when it happened. And I got pretty lucky with my timing. Well, that's cool. And then you, you kind of got involved with the, uh, the other two characters on yes. the fantasy football yes. thing. Yep. I, I'm sorry, I'm not a fantasy football That's okay. guy. That's I don't, okay. I don't know about it, but I've listened to um, to you guys, and it sounds like you're having fun. And, of course, Leo is Leo. <laughs> Leo's um, Leo. He will add a whole different dimension to just about anything. We've had him in here once sitting in with us uh, talking about being a non-hunter. But Do you want to uh, know my favorite story of Leo that, that has to do with my wife, actually? Oh, oh, uh, oh absolutely. Leo, uh, Leo came over with his, uh, with his significant other. Uh, they came over for a dinner one night. Uh, with uh, with some friends as well, and we're getting ready to go out. And Leo's kind of Leo is Leo. He's the man. He and and my wife goes. He, she kind of pulls me aside and goes, "Does he always command a room like this?" I'm like, "Yes, he does. This is <laughs> that is Leo to uh, to this day." So whenever he sees uh, whenever he sees my wife, uh, he he always makes sure to let her know, "Is it okay if I command the room this time?" It's a uh, it's a good running inside joke that uh, only uh, only Mr. Leo Kuiper Jr. could uh, could. Could exude that uh, that reaction from my wife. Oh, the king of the one-liners. No kidding. He's, he's like a walking rendition of Caddyshack. He knows way too much stuff. Yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> it's kind of scary. It's but a good listen. It's a good thing. He's it a, is. He's a dear friend of mine, and uh, I'll always have his back, to say the least. Just like I'll always have have yours, Mark. Well, you know that's that's why it's important to have friends, and I, I mean, you guys can can communicate and do things on a whole different level. Yep. You know, when you go out and and party and and you know do all that kind of stuff but when you when you sit in a studio with somebody i've learned this over the years yeah. sitting here um that it you get a little bit more intimate with people mm-hmm. and you understand them a little bit more and you get to know them a little bit more and when i first started doing this uh, my first uh, producer was justin hall yeah yeah and you know justin was very patient with me and getting me started because I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's this button? I didn't have to do anything. Of course. But, but I just had to sit here and talk. But again, you also, you were learning how to execute a live broadcasted program, right. which from basically from scratch, which you've obviously you had, had never done t- 12 years ago at this time. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, there was a bit of anxiety there, but I, what I, what I always try to do is, you know, get people that, you know, I always talk to them ahead of time, and there's actually been people, very few, that I've wanted to get on um, in in one sh- way, shape, or form, but just I knew it wouldn't be a very good interview mm-hmm. just because of the conversation would stall. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to work that hard because 
when you get in, you're sitting and you're having a conversation with somebody, it just yep. flows. Absolutely. And I and I think that's it's that way with Randy and and a lot of these other guys that come in, um, you know, once or twice a year. Yep. Um, it's like you know getting together with old friends, but it's it, it's fun to be able to communicate on this level. And I think, you know, I, I get asked all the time, you know, how did you get started in this? And you know, with I, with the show or just yeah, in the outdoor, with, okay, yeah, with the show, it's like well, there was a, an individual um, that had done it before and. Uh, no longer wanted to do it, and and my wife said, "Would you be interested in doing that?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, but you know, I'll, I'll need to learn." Yeah, you're going to need some help getting just getting acclimated yeah, to what, have, what's expected and how do I do this? Yeah, how do, where do I even correct, begin? Correct. You know, fortunately for me, I had you know tons of contacts in the mm-hmm. outdoors, so that that was not a problem getting started. But you know, being able to, I've never had a trouble communicating with people i've been in the customer service business sure. my whole life so that's never an issue but it's a different kind of communication it is here compared to being in a store of course well yeah i mean it's it's totally different and and uh just think about uh, just think about this mark it's a good thing that you weren't starting when we when during the pandemic where the only person allowed in here was was a select few and you're yeah. doing you're basically doing your show through a computer and i feel like if you were just starting you would have been set up to fail that way. That would have been very difficult because I wouldn't have been able to adapt to my flow of how to Bingo. ask questions because, you know, when you and I are sitting here and we're talking, I mean, I can read your, your eyes, you, you know what I'm doing and, you know, the nonverbal signals and such. But when you're doing that, um, sitting in, in your home, which was great, and, and you know, bless BJ for, for putting that together and keeping the show going because I was – it was a bit of a letdown when they said, well, you know what? We really can't, you know, do the show, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, hey, what if we do it this way? I'm like, I'm, I can adapt to anything. Which Just we did. tell me what we need to do. Yep. And, and we made that happen. And and uh, I think it went very, very well. And I think that just life is going to throw all that crap at you. And you just have to say, okay, you know, you duck and you move yep. and you, you swing when you have to. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> but it's... It, I get asked that a lot. Well, how did you even get started doing that? So that is is how it got started, and then it just kind of went from there. And I think the first year I did it, I only did it for six months. And it was out uh, when I worked at Gander Mountain, and I did that for a couple years there, and and then, um, you know, uh, ended up just doing it. Was it a weekly show for six months, or was it yeah, like, uh, like same, a – Yeah, same, same, same. Okay. Yeah, Wednesday nights. They know they switched it. It was five to six, okay. and they went six to seven. Then yep. they went back. You know, we we went back and forth with that, and and I think the determination was that more people are going to listen to the show when they're driving home. Absolutely. Uh, and and I think that's uh, that's truly the case because people are looking for something, you know, like your show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's relative and it's local. Yep. You know, people like to. Not that there's anything wrong with with syndicated radio. Absolutely, it's not. great. Yep. But. There's also that little bit of real, you know, people relating to yep. you when you when you're talking about something that's in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, exactly. I I agree. And um, especially when it's a different program like this, because there's not many. Uh, you obviously this show. This is the only show here on the score that has any outdoor theme to it. And yeah. That's why we have. There's a lot of people that that listen and that you don't think are listening, but they're actually listening. That's the one thing that I've learned the most working in this industry is yeah. just because people aren't calling in and uh, and it makes it seem like nobody's listening. That's that's false. There's a lot more people than you think. And I realize it's a misconception that when you're starting. Too. It is because you think, well, you know, okay, well, I was joke. It's like, yeah, well, I had another another person say they listen to my show, and now I got eight listeners. Um, <laughs> that's including my family. <laughs> but um, you know, at first, I, I there was that you know concern: are, are people listening to the show? And then once you know, when I was in Oshkosh doing it um, down there. Uh, and then I moved up to the Appleton area and doing it from the studio and then working in this area, I was astounded yeah. and being approached on a daily basis. Now people come in, it's like, who's on tonight? <laughs> That's you know, good. what's going on? What, you know, you what do you got coming on? You know, and, and I've had a few of, uh, uh, of customers on over the years. And I think I've incorporated um, a, a lot of things into it to make it, you know, fun and enjoyable. And, you know, like we had the young man on who mm-hmm. tied his own yeah, flies. I thought was that amazing. was that was an excellent show. And there's there's always something to talk about. 
And um, but this is, you know, I'm I'm going to put this question out there. I know we're going to be taking a break here shortly, but you know, all of you people, if you're listening, um, you know, I, I'm going to open up the phone line if you want to call. Great. If you don't, I I totally understand. But I, I asked was asked this question twice this week, and I've been asked hundreds and hundreds of times because people who know me know I. I like to travel and I like to hunt and people follow me on Instagram and they see all the pictures I put up there. And it's not just about, you know, dead things. Like I posted up some, some pictures of a turtle laying eggs in my yard and all these cool things that are going on in the outdoors. But I was asked, it's like, all right, you, you're an archery guy. Why do you hunt? Yeah. And I step back a minute and you, you take that, that for granted. I just do it because that's what I do. Yep. Uh, and hunting to me is not, it's not what I like. It's who I am as, as an individual. And, and it's not because I like to kill stuff. You no, like, you don't like the thrill of that. No, I don't, you know, the, you don't the, do it for the thrill, I should say. Right. I don't. And, and, you know, like, uh, Ted Nugent always said, it's, you know, I love the thrill of going out and hunting and harvesting and turning it into family sized portions. Um, you know, I'm kind of like that. I love to eat wild game. I love the um, the feeling of getting up early in the morning, uh, watching the sun come up, waiting for the birds to start flying or the deer to start moving or walking down a dirt road in northern Wisconsin on a mid-October mm-hmm. day where it's 55 degrees and the sun is shining. And it's just the smell of the decaying leaves and, and all of the stuff that goes on. That is really... It's your element. It, it's... It is, and that is why I do that because that you can't buy that in a store, you can't True. watch that on TV, you can't get that in a grocery store, you can't get any of that. You have to, you have to participate. You have to be a part of it, and you get integrated into it. And it, it, I learned that from being a bow hunter that you, and a turkey hunter, that you get so integrated into what you're doing by sitting still and you know becoming part of the environment where. You know, snakes are, are crawling across your boots and chickadees huh. are landing on your arrows and, you know, owls are landing in the tree above your head because you're just, you're so well blended mm. um, into the environment. And do I love to, to harvest animals? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I do. I love their beauty. I love to have them in my hand and, and take a look at them and appreciate that. And there there isn't a time or an animal that I haven't had the opportunity to harvest that I did not get emotional about it's just one of those things i mean you're you're taking an animal's life or you're pulling that fish out of the water and you're doing all this stuff and and then you know but i like to cook it on on the backside. it's not like i'm you know just throwing in the freezer and letting it rot there's a there's a whole secondary purpose to that and some of the best hunting trips that i've been on and the the best days in the field have been days where i didn't harvest anything but i would see something that i wouldn't normally see uh, find something, find a shed, find um, a bear den, all these kinds of things that you don't, you know, you're not just going to go wander out in the woods like Hansel and Gretel and look for these things. You you come upon them when yep. you're you're out in the woods. And I think, uh, you know, for myself, I hope for those people who have asked me that question that that answers it. But if there's anybody out there uh, that wants to chime in on that, and, uh, you know, we're going to go and take a break, but when we come back, um, I'll give you the numbers. You can call in if somebody wants to give me a, an idea of why they like to hunt or why they're an outdoor person. Um, I would love to hear that. But uh, listen, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll have more of Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. Welcome back to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on The Score. I'm your host, Mark Druick. Thanks for tuning us in tonight. But anyway, if you've been listening and, and you have you want to chime in on why you like to hunt or fish, um, give me a call, 281-1570 or 866-653-1570. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of, a lot of different answers of why they do things, and Alex and I were talking about that during the break. And, um, you know, it's also very therapeutic to me. It's, you know, you, I crossed that imaginary line, which is highway, uh, 29 for me. And once I get over highway 29, it's a, it's like you leave all the garbage. It's the up North line. It is. It's the up North line. Once you get past that, you're into the, 
the northern forest where it smells like pine trees and and uh, it's just a beautiful place to be. There aren't people on top of people and, and uh, you can walk down some dirt roads and not see anybody. I mean, it is a little bit busier than it was when I was growing up, but um, you know, I still, uh, I still love going to some of my favorite places and walk around and, and fish and, you know, look for deer sheds and all that kind of fun stuff. But, you know, the outdoor life is a, it's a good life. It's a, um, it's a, it's a fun life. And, and I was very fortunate uh, to be brought up in that environment. And your dad's an outdoor guy. Yes, he is. Yes. He is a fisherman and then he hunts pheasant as well. So yeah, he's a, he's an outdoor guy to say the least. And not an, not as avid of an outdoorsman like, uh, uh, like you, but he does, uh, he partakes quite a, quite a bit when he can. So, yeah. Well, you know, and that's just it. You don't, you don't have to be a diehard. Um, some guys like to do it, uh, you know, casually and that's great. As long as you get out, you know, and do it. And, and we talk about it here often, Alex, is that Wisconsin has so much to offer, mm-hmm. you know, from trout fishing to salmon fishing. It's got it all. It, it really does. There really isn't anything. You, you can even shoot elk now. Uh, I mean, now <laughs> that they've they've approved eight more elk tags uh, for 2022. So if you're one of those lucky people that gets to draw a tag, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime deal to what, shoot a elk where is uh, this might be a dumb question where, where are elk located in the state of what is it f- like the far northwestern side yeah. of the state i presumed okay yeah do you know where clam lake is uh i do i i couldn't tell you yeah it's north and west okay up towards like spooner oh, okay up, sure up yep, in that been area up there. yep okay yeah they've had a, a had a had a herd there for many many years and it's actually starting to expand Oh, so. Um, a little bit, and they're moving around a little bit. Wow. And, uh, so, and that's a cool thing. You're talking about animal. I used to roam this, the, the state, just like wild turkeys did. Yeah. You know, back in, in the day, and they just, you know, uh, didn't understand, uh, you know, conservation back then. It was all about, you know, fur hats and, and coats and all that kind of stuff where, you know, about making money and so mm-hmm. on. And uh, like we talked about last week, thank God for guys like Teddy Roosevelt who <laughs> understood yeah. Yeah. Um, what conservation was, or Aldo Leopold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that. San Come Are you a reader? Uh, I, I am not. I should be. <laughs> I, wish, uh, I wish I was, but I am not. Um, you know, I used to be. Uh, I think I'm getting back into it a little bit That's more. good. I want to try and read more. My daughter, is. Uh, she is like, she'll go to the library and check out, you know, four or five good books. For and her. She'll read. Good she for her. She always was. And, uh, you know, I can't do that. I guess I just don't have the attention span. But, you know, I can read. You know, I recently read a book, and it took me about, you know, about two weeks. It wasn't a very That's long not bad. book, but it took That's me about two weeks to read it. And uh, But I've got so many good things that I want to read. I want to go back and read the San County Almanac mm. again. Uh, to me, that was, you know, when you talk about, a, a you know, a, a piece of literature that can impact somebody's life. When I read that when I was a freshman at UW-Stevens Point, I read that book, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> this guy was pretty cool, you know? <laughs> and, and and guys like that that, you know, were, were tuned into the yeah. environment um, and then, you know, years later um, continue to impact uh, people's lives by what they wrote and what they saw. And I think all of us, in some way, shape, or form, want to leave um, a legacy of some kind. Some guys want to get their name in the record book. Some guys want to be state basketball champions. Um, some guys want to get their job of a lifetime. Some people, um, you know, want to own a big, uh, like Elmer Fudd says, I want to own a mansion and a yacht. Uh, so, uh, but I think for, you know, for a lot of people, and including myself, I think, and, and I had this conversation with my daughters, um, you know, when you're a teacher, you have the ability to impact people's lives. And that's a, that's a huge deal. Um, and when, that goes way beyond the, the classroom, too. Oh, oh, it does. You know, you take these these little kids. She's a kindergarten teacher, and you take these kids, and, and they come into you, and they're like a, a raw piece of clay. Yep. You know, and they're just all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, by the time the year ends, they're they're different. They're almost like your your kids, if you will, like your 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 second kids or however you want to look at that. Yeah, it, it's it, – it, and they are. She, she loves her kids. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're not, all of them are going to be, you know, um, top students. You're going to always have troubled ones and ones that are cause trouble. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, when you have that, that in your mindset that you want to make a difference that way, cause you know, 62 years ago, nobody 
cared about Mark Drill coming into the world and 25 years from now nobody's going to care when I'm gone but I, I what don't you, go there come no, on when you when you but that it's what you do at that time I in agree, between I agree I do and, agree with and that and make the best of it and yep. I think I feel that this show has allowed me to do that and it is an extension of you know I've been able to connect people through the outdoors and and make a difference um through mentoring and all that kind of stuff and I think if you do that uh you 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 feel a little bit more satisfied at least I do anyway and and you're potentially expanding the net of future outdoorsmen which nowadays i feel like they're coming they're f- much more f- few and far between as they were when you were growing up oh yeah absolutely i don't know what the clientele is of people that you see in the store but i'm guessing some of the you, you probably see some younger uh clientele but i'm i'm sure some of it is older as well i do i see quite a few and there's about um a half a dozen young young kids that That's come in good. on a regular basis that you know they're like friends we know who they are. They come up and start yakking with us, and you know uh, they they hunt and fish, and they love to tell stories and 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 that whole thing. And there's there's also that like uh, people getting started for the first time. They've mm-hmm. never hunted before. You know, grown ups. Um, we've we've taken care of the people like that too. They like, oh, my daughter's hunting now, and I want to do awesome. it. I want to get started. And you know, not only can we influence our children, but our children can influence us as Correct. well. And say, hey, you know, this is something we can do together. But uh, all right, well, listen, we're going to go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we'll have more of Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show right here on the score. Welcome back to Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show here on the score. I'm your host, Mark Druick. You could put in some new music tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Just changing it up. Yeah, little little heavier stuff. Freshing it. Little, little Led Zeppelin up. there yep. before. Yep. Nice. Just a little fresher. Just just a little fresher. Nice, nice, nice. Do you have a favorite style of music, Mark? You know, I've I, never, I don't think I've ever asked you that for bumpers and stuff. Do you have a preference on? I can like, go all over the place. Music? I I love jazz uh, fusion. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Vincent and Gala. I like uh, Rippingtons. You know, it's the happy music. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh. But then again, I can listen to Metallica. Usually after a bad day and I'm really pissed. I was gonna say that you turn that on, fired uh, up. start screaming and yelling in the car, and turn it up as loud <laughs> as you can. <laughs> but uh, that's I, how you I, know that you had a bad day. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, I, I can listen to some classical. I am not a country guy. That's fair. That's fine. Um, I don't. I know whoever gets to work first gets to pick the music. Um, but you know, again, in my position, I can overrule that. Mm. But I'd let everybody. But, <laughs> You know, we listen to the country music. It seems like it's about the same twenty-five songs. Um, yeah, so country music has changed more than any music. I, I um, think it imaginable. really has from the old style. It's, a, it's the, the yes, big time. It, yeah. It's made the starkest change that of. Uh, I, in my opinion, it's made one of the starkest change of any genres of music is is what country used to be like thirty years ago, and you listen to what it is now. It's it's much more pop popish. It's it more is. like pop country instead of like yep. country music. It's it's yeah, it's a little rock music with a country twang. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, yeah, the, it's I can listen to to anything. I guess it depends on on what you know. I like southern rock. I was a big Almond Brothers fan okay. growing up. Um, you know, I can, that's the cool thing about having, you know, with my iPhone and hook it up to the, to the car and, and just say, okay, find this or find that. And up it comes. And do you you listen to music when you're hunting at all or is it silent? Always silent. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure some people do. Maybe they put headphones in, which you probably shouldn't do when you're out hunting, but I'm sure some people have done that or they do that. Yeah. Just a past time and. Yeah, I I Keep never busy. never really listened to music. Um, it, it it's uh, listen to all the other things that are going on. Absolutely, nature's you, music. You, you want to become one of one of the nature, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But there, I mean, if I'm if I'm uh, you know fishing or something like that, and and gets a little bit boring, we can always put something on the phone, which is nice. Back in the day, we never had we didn't have yeah. cell phones or any of that stuff. You know, we had a little battery operated yep. radios um with a little turn dial on it and you know you had to kind of hold it or put a piece of aluminum foil on mm-hmm. it to get the the local station but you know it's kind of funny 
on Instagram, there's there's uh, growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and there's all this stuff on there that that they put uh, on that's pretty hysterical. But uh, looks like we got a caller here last minute. Hey, who's uh, who's tuning in to us tonight? Hey, Mark, it's Josh. Hey, Josh, uh, what's going hey, on, Josh. man? Oh, same old, same old. You know, um, living the dream. That a boy. You woke so up and took I nourishment. Question, I got a question for you. Uh, uh, being a dealer, ammo is still really hard to come by. Yep. What are you seeing out there? Well, you know, here's the deal. It's uh, um, I've got a guy who has committed most of his time to tracking down ammunition, and uh, there's still shortages with a lot of the major rifle calibers like 30 odd six 270 30 30 308 uh not so bad 556 five, is good 223 uh your pistol ammo um nine millimeter is is pretty much you know back in stock um you know a lot of those 45 acp 45 colt tough to come by 380 as far as shotgun shells go 410 is like non-existent um, there's, there's not much available and, uh, steel shot. I don't know what's going to happen with that this year. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff on order and a lot of things hopefully to get put in place, but, um, you know, it's just been, it's just been a challenge and, and it, I think it will continue to be, um, for, How long do you, think? you know, it, it's, it, you know, I don't have a crystal ball I, and I'm it's a great, be honest with you, Mark, my, my son didn't hunt last year because he didn't have ammo and we couldn't find it. Yeah, you know, you're going to... And, it, and it's everywhere. It's yeah. it's not you, it's not Shields, it's not, nope. you know, pick any store, you know, that sells it, yep. you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, just, here's what I tell you, Josh. Just be, just be, you know, diligent and keep checking and... And all that, yep. uh, you know, because it's gonna it's gonna show up sooner or later. But you know, still component issues and things of that nature are uh, are one of the major things. But hey, listen, Josh, so thanks we, for calling in, man. I know we're gonna wrap it up here, but uh, I appreciate right. you calling in. Thank you. You bet. All right, take care. All right, everybody, uh, thanks uh, for taking the time to tune us in here on Fleet Farms Living the Outdoor Show. And if you ever have the opportunity to impact somebody's life through the outdoors, take advantage of it. I guarantee you it will make you a better person. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great evening and live life in the outdoors. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.